0: All right, this is Wade Major with the IGN DigiGods, and we have Tim Cockshell with us today. Tim, say hey. Hello, everybody. Sitting in from Mark. Tim is sitting in for Mark for uh, the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, because Mark, uh, with all due apologies to our listeners, has been bombarded over at his day job at E! Entertainment with a, uh, a massive uh, Academy Award-related project that has him working subhuman hours he is like a drone somewhere underground, a drone ant, and he's just burning through the clock. So uh, All for
1: our Academy Award
0: enjoyment. All for our Academy Award enjoyment. So uh, Mark is actually out of commission for a couple of weeks, but after the Oscars, I'm sure we will have plenty of great stories from him. In the meantime, that brings us to our Oscar pool. Anybody who's been on our Facebook page knows that we have our first ever Oscar pool. Uh, so go on over there and uh, read up about it. Otherwise, go to www.funofficepools.com and uh, register. And the group is The DigiGods. And you've got to be accurate on this. It's capital T-H-E space capital D lowercase I-G-I capital G lowercase O-D-S. So the T and the D and the G are all capitalized and... Um, that will get you the group, the password, all lowercase, Lars von Trier, no spaces. So uh, go on over to the digigods at funofficepools.com, password Lars von Trier, all lowercase, and uh, register for the Oscar pool. And the, the, the swag is already getting pretty fantastic. Uh, we are going to be giving away a Blu-ray of Boyhood. A Blu-ray of the Frank Darabont collection, which includes it's brand new, which includes uh, Shawshank Redemption, um, Green Mile, and The Majestic, and then we also have a uh, a bunch of Olive titles, some uh, amazingly cool classic Olive titles, which uh, we will uh, m- fill in on a future show as well, and let you know as those uh, those all arrive. So, so far that is the swag, and uh, we're trying to get some more for the uh, the winner of the. Uh, the Oscar office pool. Uh, in the meantime, Tim and I, we just got done doing our film week, the big Oscar film show. week
1: Oscar show, the big
0: film week Oscar show at the Egyptian, uh, where we all get up on stage with the rest of our colleagues and we uh, we uh, uh, talk about these movies that are coming up.
1: Boyhood was, seems to have been a big favorite in the audience. Um, Im, uh, uh, imitation Game yeah. seems to have been a big favorite in the audience. Bird,
0: Birdman, Birdman is a big favorite. Well, my yo, probably going to be my pick, but no, no runaway favorite among. I mean, the audience. They, they, Larry Mantle, who who. Is is our host on, on Film Week and Air Talk? Uh, Larry always kind of throws it after we ramble about some category. He throws it to the audience, and by applause, sees you know if there's a favorite. Did it feel like there was any favorite this year? You know,
1: the the, the, the applause was so even across all of these films, and I and I think it's been that way this season. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of these films are in the running. Um, I have my favorites. I think I know what's going to happen, but I think that nobody out there will be really, really, really greatly disappointed.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it just feels like one of the most even years. I think Birdman's still going to win. I think it's running the table on all the, uh, the, uh, the, the Guild Awards.
1: Yeah, uh, DGA, uh, NRE2 won yeah, last nine of them, I'm He not did, this he yeah, did.
0: Yeah. and it, you know, it won the Producers Guild, won SAG, got the Ensemble Award from SAG. So it seems to, it seems to be the odds-on favorite with all of the crafts, but um, we shall see. Stranger things have happened. If it does win, and I made this point, if it does win, it will be the first Best Picture winner since 1980... 34 years that did not get a nomination for editing, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's very, very sort of
1: strange. Sometimes we'll see those situations where a best picture uh, is nominated and the director of that film is not. I think we see that this year. Selma nominated, Avery not nominated. But editing is such an integral part to what goes on. But it's uh, only in invi- the way the movie plays. It's, it's invisible just, in Birdman. That's yeah. what I
0: think the problem is.
1: Well, those you know, long, long, long takes. But again, there's, an edit- there's editing that's going on in that film.
0: Well, and, and full disclosure, the, the editors of the film, Steve Marioni and Doug Kreiss, are actually very close friends of my wife. They, they all worked on this little movie, Clock Watchers, a million years ago no, together. Yeah, yeah, the sisters. That, yeah. by the Sprecker sisters. Yeah, that's where they all met. You know, everybody kind of met on that little movie, and uh, it's, uh, you know they, they worked hard. Doug was the first editor on, and then Steve came on. Uh, and joined him, and Steve, of course, won an Oscar for Traffic. And uh, they, I think, the, the the editing achievement there is that you don't notice the is edits. that it is, in
1: fact invisible, which yeah. is
0: what editing in the best circumstances
1: ought to be. There are times when editing is important, when 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 it, when it's a thing that happens uh, in a film that's an interesting thing to watch. But in this film, yeah. the way this film plays out with those long, long takes that he does, you think that there's no editing going on. Believe me, uh, that's uh, that's art, that's craft.
0: It is. Well, let's get into uh, covering some DVDs. We've got uh, a lot of stuff piled up. Uh, it is February, which means it's Black History Month. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Black History Month. <laughs> and so certain titles get thrown our way, some of them better than others. Uh, some of them we'd, we'd rather not have associated with Black History Month. But nonetheless, there they are. And uh, a little bit ironic with all the, the, the talk about Selma not getting the nominations that people felt that it was due... Funny that this now all kind of arrives in Black History Month. It is sort of an it yeah. is sort of
1: an interesting thing. One of the yeah. films here for Black History Month uh, that, that I'm looking at is this is King, the yeah. Paul Winfield, the uh, Cicely Tyson, nineteen seventy eight, which I watched broadcast on television yeah. in nineteen seventy
0: eight, and it's now on Blu-ray. Yeah. And, uh, and it's interesting, because until Selma, that was the only... You would have thought that we'd have made 10 or 12 Martin Luther King biopics by now, right? Well, and this, this, this film is, in fact, called King. Yeah. So it
1: is a biopic, so to speak, about, about uh, MLK. As opposed to Selma, which we do have to remind people all the time, yep. is not a biopic about yep. Dr. Martin Luther King. It's about this very particular set of events. Of course, he's pivotal in it, but he's not. This film does have the benefit that there are, in fact, some actual words... That Dr. King spoke yeah. in this film uh, because they were still licensing bit right. by bit little chunks of, yeah. of the speeches. Ava DuVernay
0: did not have that benefit. No, but she did a hell of a job writing some uh, writing some stuff that uh, that sounds like it. Anyway, so the King is on Blu-ray, and then we also have a thing called uh, Addicted, based on the bestseller by Zane. Um, I don't know who Zane is, Tim.
1: Zane <laughs> is the E.L. James of black literature. Got it. Uh, E.L. James is the person who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey. If you think Fifty Shades of Grey is a sort of a sexy little book, uh, read some of the stuff that, Jane, that Zane there
0: has written. These uh, the, these are some of the most beautiful people I think I have yeah. ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this yeah, is yeah. just...
1: You got yourself a whole group of absolutely gorgeous people. Look, there are there's a following for these films and the books that are made for yeah. these films. They usually involve menage a trois and things like that, uh, among, among uh, very, very lovely black folks. This is directed by Billy Wood, Woodruff, uh, yes. who's you know, a noted director in this yeah. genre of film. Awesome.
0: Um, and then we've got, uh, I'll let you, I'll let you, well, well, i yeah.
1: I see here that you have uh, uh, Through a Lens Darkly, this documentary that came out not too terribly long ago, a film by Thomas Allen Harris. It's a really, really lovely film. Um, a documentary about the history of photography across the years that's related to African Americans. This is our little African, uh, African uh, American section here. It's a lovely, lovely film that completely reshapes the way we think about black folks as photographers and as subjects of photography. Uh, there, there is a daguerreotype in this movie um, taken by a black man uh, of John Brown, of the abolitionist John Brown. It's an absolutely extraordinary picture. Just about everyone listening has seen this photograph. And,
0: and, and, and daguerreotypes, we should point out, is like the, 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 the cave painting version yes. of, pho- of photography. Yes, yeah, on a plate and all yeah. this kind of
1: stuff. That, that picture of John Brown was taken by a black man. Uh, In the late 1860s. So um, this is a really, really lovely movie. It's a a little bit scattershot, but it's a history of things that we just don't know about. The way black folks have been captured in photography over the years has shaped so many things about the way we think about black people. Uh, And, uh, you know, it hasn't always been flattering. This film sets some of that correct.
0: And then uh, we've got a fantastic PBS uh, release here, which is which is just really oh, yeah. first rate. Um, the African Americans, Black in Latin America, uh, with Henry Louis Gates Jr., who is just uh, you know his the work that he's been doing on PBS. Dr., is just Dr. Gates and those genealogies. Scholarly, it's absolutely scholarly, and it's amazing, and it's sort of taking it's sort of like taking its cue from. Uh, from roots, obviously, and taking it to a whole different level. I mean, really doing unbelievably great work as a historian and, and ethnographer and, and all those things. And this is just wonderful. Um, you know, he's he basically here. He's, uh, it's uh, ten hours on four discs. Uh, really going into the entire history of black Central and South Americans, which is a a history that we don't really pay much attention to. We don't
1: necessarily even think about uh, the fact that there are black folks, folks who consider themselves black, negro, uh, in South America and Latin America. Uh, It's a a really intriguing thing. And Dr. Gates, just a wonderful, wonderful sort of uh, presence, uh, a documentarian presence in these films, too. Uh, Not enough is said about just him on camera and the way he sort of eases people through these it's, histories it, of their own lives. No,
0: he's, a, he's just a, a wonderful presence and an invaluable uh, part of that PBS family. Um, I'm going to burn through some, uh, some of these uh, uh, MHZ Megahertz titles right now. The uh, Megahertz is a uh, – they, they release these fantastic international mystery and uh, crime and, and cop series from other countries uh it's it's they've pioneered basically a niche all their own and it's extraordinary they uh they're they're the only ones doing this all these great tv series in non-english languages uh you know norwegian swedish german french uh, spanish italian and they find this stuff and uh and they put it out there and we've got a whole bunch of new titles from them that i'll just go through uh, real quickly here i love those movies it's, it's just, it's great stuff. The, uh, the Nicolas Le Floche series, uh, we get volume two. This is episode seven through ten, uh, which is, take, all takes place in 18th century Paris, based on the best-selling novels of Jean-François Uh That is, if you, if you caught the first release of that, it's just, it's great stuff. Period the production d- design in those are just extraordinary. Period detective work. It's just, it's really, really good. Uh, we've got Crime Scene Cleaner. Um, which I'm surprised that nobody's actually come up with in the United States. It, it, it's exactly what it is, and uh, it is, it, it's is—it's kind of icky, but sort of cool at the same time. Uh, this is a German series, and the guy in it, his name is Schotti. You can't get better than that name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Schotti, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to clean the blood and the guts off of, off your crime scene. Uh, this is typically German, so it's it's got kind of a wickedly dark, creepy edge to it. Uh, but it's, 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 it's technically a comedy, although I suspect the Germans probably find it a lot funnier than we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, set one of Marie's Mind for Murder. Um, this is kind of like uh, Murder, She Wrote in German, except she's not old and she's kind of attractive. And uh, it's, you know, she's also not a writer. So it's not really like Murder, She Wrote, but yeah. I just wanted to say that.
1: Yeah, well, whatever.
0: Well uh, anyway, that's uh, ten episodes here. That's a, that's a good German detective bit. Then we've got uh, a couple of sets, set one and set two of Unit One, which is... I a, love that series. Unit One? Yeah, the Unit Series. Yeah, I love it's, that series. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, this was an International Emmy Award winner, and it actually... Um, uh, this is Danish, and uh, something about Danish, you know, I, I, my Scandinavian friends always like to joke about Danish, that, that Norwegian and Swedish are languages and Danish is a throat disease. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I, sure. Uh,
1: There's a, a wonderful little Danish film that just opened here today. I think it's called The Loft, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it might be. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It just opened this We've week. We've got, we have Danish listeners to this e- show. Eric so. Van Loy uh, directed that film, yeah. Directed it twice. Directed it once uh, there and then once for us. Great, good work.
0: Well, we have Danish listeners to this show, and I would love for them to uh, write in and tell us, uh, you know, their feelings about Unit One. It's certainly it, it's really cool. Um, it, it just you know something about things that take place. Mads Mickelson is in that series, so you know anything that Mads is in is, is okay with me. Anything that yeah, and and anything that takes place in uh, in Scandinavia always feels more dire. It always feels like someone's going to freeze to death or starve to death. <laughs> if nothing else happens, somebody don't might know. freeze. It's just, it's just a feeling I always have. Uh, then we've also talked previously about the uh, Don Matteo series. Uh, we got a couple more on that. Sets seven and eight. Uh, this is a, just a fabulous uh, Italian show that uh, it's just got a lot of style and it got a lot of you know, great dialogue. Really, really kind of fun settings. Uh, so Don Matteo, and then. Uh, let's see getting down here we've got uh in the yeah. face of crime um in the face of crime is a little bit kind of unusual for the uh the style of a lot of previous stuff uh as you can see we have a german emphasis here with the megahertz titles and uh, this is also a a german series uh, you know like the the crime scene cleaner is 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 kind of dark comedy uh this one is it, it, it's it's got a character intensity that the others don't necessarily have. Uh, the lead character here, his name is Marek Gorski. Interesting character because he's got a, a Russian Jewish background, and they play a lot with his uh, his his kind of his sense of identity. It's
1: kind of like a middle two thousand series from Germany, like two thousand. Nine or ten or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. That in the face of crime, yeah, I'm sure could it is. Be, could, could be. Could
0: yeah. uh, be. Let me double check the uh, the date. I, re- I, rem- I
1: remember seeing that, um, uh, but I, you know, interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have a note for the for the date, but know. It, you know, all of these are fairly uh, recent series. Uh, we also have, previously we'd mentioned The Inspector in the Sea. We now have season two of that. These are based on the uh, the novels of Mari Jungstedt. Uh, this is another German show. Uh, good, not quite on the on the same caliber as some of the others. Then we have season one of Johan Falk, J-O-H-A-N, uh, Johan Falk. And uh, this is a really, really, really cool concept. This is a Swedish show um with uh, with a guy who used to be a uh, part of europol and uh now he is uh becoming kind of an organized crime guy he's he's got a whole new focus in his career and um it, there theres some really it takes some very interesting twists and turns and I'm dying to see some of the subsequent series uh, some of the subsequent uh uh, seasons um, really really interesting concept it's a it's a little bit like um, certain American shows that have uh, oh gosh what are, what are some of them uh, mm. The Wire might come to mind oh. where, where it, it's it, it's it, it, you feel like they're going somewhere but you don't know where they're quite leading you you know you're in a world of, you're in a world you're in, you're in the community. a community yeah and then oh, the got, Eagle my goodness and then yeah seasons yeah. 2 and 3 of The Eagle which has one of the, the coolest lead characters of uh, of any of these shows uh, really just, uh, f- first rate stuff. You just, it just, this is a, uh, a Danish show as well. So, uh, more of that throat disease language, but, uh, really, really cool concept. Uh, the Eagle, of course, is the, uh, the nickname of the lead character who has the, uh, his name is Halgrin Halgrimsen and he just has this knack. He just knows things. He's just got like a second sense. Uh, or a sixth sense as they might say <laughs> so anyway that's the uh, that's all that's the whole new lineup from Megahertz and uh, it just continues to be one of the one of the coolest lines out there and uh, then real quickly we've got uh, let's get into some um, some classic uh, movies we've got uh, some of our D V D R stuff from Warner Archive uh, i will just going to name four of these real, really fast uh, Terry Thomas I want to make mention of Terry Thomas because yeah the lovely Terry it, Thomas because uh, Johnny Depp recently just tanked in yeah. Mordecai. Yeah. And, and Doing a very bad version of Terry Thomas. an <laughs> Incredibly bad version of Terry Thomas. Uh, but Terry Thomas is really, really funny. And there's an MGM movie called Kill or Cure that Terry Thomas starred in, which is now part of the Warner Library, uh, fortunately. And uh, this is just a, a wonderful old Terry Thomas, uh, just a, a really silly Terry Thomas uh, comedy. And the whole thing takes place in a spa. And it doesn't really matter what it's about. It's just Terry Thomas in a spa should make you laugh. Uh, it's just very, very funny, and lots of physical humor. And Terry Thomas, just being the usual twit that he is, he just can't handle There's the
1: something about that gap,
0: the machines, <laughs> the, the, the the diastema. I know it's just the machines they put him in, and it's just it's really funny. And then we have a four-film collection called Brown and Carney. Uh, This is the collection of four films from a a comedy team that everybody's kind of forgotten about. Uh, They were an RKO team. Uh, Never really got the traction of uh, Abbott Costello or any of those guys, but they're still really, really funny. Uh, And we are, of course, uh, talking about Wally Brown and Alan Carney. And the movies are The Adventures of a Rookie, Rookies in Burma, Girl Rush, and Genius at Work. Um... Probably worth a rental at the very least. I would. I would say it's uh, again from Warner Archives. So you can find it by going to WarnerArchive.com. <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun uh, appearances here. You get uh, Bella Lugosi shows up in uh, Genius at Work and uh, uh, a few other interesting little uh, noteworthy cameos from uh, other actors of the era. Which is, so there's some there's some good stuff here. And then uh, New Faces of 1937 oh. is one of these bizarre. Uh, cavalcades of just throwing a lot of uh, talent into a movie it's one of these weird things the studios used to do where they'd show off a lot of their new faces and they'd sometimes make them into musical reviews and stuff like this but they want you to know who's there in 1937 to look for in other movies and, and it's a, it was a promotional tool back then and the only thing, interesting thing here is that Milton Burl yeah, is one of them. Yeah, you get Milton Berle walking, yeah. walking around there and a few people. It, those things were always a lot of fun. I remember loving those. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, Milton is the only person there that we would yeah. even recognize now. Yeah,
1: well, all of these people in 1937 were meant to be famous.
0: And Milton Burl became famous, yeah. and the rest of them vanished. And then also an RKO double feature, uh, Old Man Rhythm and To Beat the Band. A couple old musicals, nothing really spectacular here, but you know Betty Grable shows up at at one point, and uh, you get a few other faces that are that are somewhat you know Charles Buddy Rogers and a few others that are that are somewhat familiar. So that's uh, that's a nice little dose of nostalgia from the Warner Archive collection,
1: with Fifty Shades of Grey coming out, what, next Friday or something yeah. like that, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. so everybody's ever made a sexy film. Every studio that's ever made a film with a little bit of sex in it yeah. has put one out. We have one here with seven films in it. A little bit of sexy. Uh, you got uh, Bear Witness, which is an interesting little film. That I think I remember with Daniel Baldwin in it. A Craig Sheffer film with Cheryl Lee. remember Cheryl Lee? Oh, my gosh. Called Bliss with Terrence Stamp, the wonderful Terrence Stamp in that film. And a few of them, Youth Without Youth, of course, the wonderful... Francis Ford Coppola
0: film with Tim Roth from a couple of years ago. So, you know,
1: a little bit of sexy uh, that they're working with right there. And
0: Cheryl Lee is going is to show up again in, uh, in the new Twin Peaks series, I'm sure. She, well, one hopes, her and the log lady. Yeah. Those are who you want. <laughs>
1: her and the log lady. Yeah. Mom's Mabley in a film oh called Amazing God. Grace. This was directed by Stan Latham. Stan happens to be a guy I know. Uh, father of Sanaa Latham, the, the actress, right. the wonderful a- actress. Right. This movie goes back to, oh, 1974. Moms Mabelly," for those of you who have no idea who <laughs> Moms Mabelly is, look, you know what? Go on YouTube, oh my look her up, the funniest little old black lady you've ever seen in your life. You think Cat Stevens is funny? No. Hang out with Moms Mabelly for about 20 minutes. For
0: sure. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let me, I want to go through a lot of this because we haven't been able to get to a lot of this stuff in previous weeks. Uh, Hold on. Let me dig in here. From our Twentieth Century Fox Cinema Archives, we've got a whole bunch of triple features. Ooh! I'm gonna roll through these super fast because there's no reason to uh, do anything other than just make quick mention of them. These are all three film collections. Films just from the 20th Century Fox Archives. They are part of the tw- uh, 20th Century Fox Cinema Archives line, which is all DVD-R. It's all DVD-Burns. And um, on this one, we got Beneath the 12 Mile Reef, Raiders from Beneath the Sea, and Down to the Sea in Ships. Uh, the latter one is, is really pretty interesting. because It's got Richard Widmark, Lionel Barrymore, and Dean Stockwell in it. Really terrific cast. But there's your, there's your nautical theme. <laughs> Uh we've also got a bunch of Cisco Kid movies, uh The Cisco Kid, Return of the Cisco Kid, The Cisco Kid and the Lady. Uh got to love Cesar Romero. I mean Caesar Romero people think Cesar Romero is just the, the 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 joker just don't understand. Yeah, the the depth and breadth of that man's career. There was just some really fun stuff that he did. Um we got some uh we got some girl stuff for those who want their their beefcake and their uh, their pinup stuff in The Pleasure Seekers with Anne Margaret, Fantastic Never Better. Uh Three Little Girls in Blue with June Haver. And uh, Betty Grable in uh, The Shocking Miss Pilgrim. Not really that shocking anymore, but it's Betty Grable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Margaret in that first movie. Oh she, my she, has a, she has a dancing scene in that movie. Yeah.
1: Prepare yourself. That's it's all I want to say. fabulous. Uh,
0: Red Skies of Montana, The Siege at Red River, and um, The Untamed are uh, three kind of westerny things. The Untamed is more of a, kind of more of an adventure uh, but uh, this is, you know, all action adventure stuff, and there's really nothing that ties these things together other than just lots of action and adventure. Tyrone Power in in uh, Untamed is pretty great. Uh, takes place in Africa, and uh, beautiful photography. They they call this the the tag the tag here is Africollossal. <laughs> I'm, you know, would that would that fly today?
1: <laughs> that's like a that's like a, uh,
0: yeah, just, an old advertising just, line from the fifties or something like. That, wouldn't especially? you have loved to have been in the room when when, <laughs> when some guy at the studio? They're all chomping on their cigars in a nice big smoke filled room. What can we what what can we come? Africa colossal, package them. Uh, like you got a, You got a winner. It's madness. You got a winner. Uh, and then we've got uh, Frederick March and uh, Lionel Barrymore in the Road to Glory, great war film. Uh, wife, husband, and friend, also with uh, Warner Baxter and Loretta Young, and then Warner Baxter and Andrea Leeds uh, in Earthbound. I'm gonna go through these as uh, quickly as I can. Uh, Take her, she's mine. Sandra D Sandra and James Stewart movie. Uh, James Stewart also with Barbara Hale in the J- Hit the Jackpot, and then James Stewart with Marlena Dietrich in No Highway in the Sky. These are all kind of minor James Stewart movies, yeah. but they're, they're okay. Uh, The Foxes of Harrow is actually really, really good. Great performance there by um, uh, 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 Rex Harrison and Maureen O'Hara as the the two leads. Both of them really, really wonderful and really good direction there uh, by John Stahl. And then we've also got um, A Flea in Her Ear, which is Rex Harrison with uh, Rosemary Harris. And then a kind of bizarre film called Staircase that I had never seen before. Rex Harrison and Richard Burton, uh, which, who I had no idea had ever done a movie. No, a movie with Rex Harrison. With Stanley Donnan directing it. Stanley and, Don, no. And Yeah, and the weirdest the weirdest part about this is that Dudley Moore did the music. Oh, really? Well, I, yeah. What year is that from? Uh, good question. That's uh 60s sometime, okay. but it's just like 69, 68. Just utterly bizarre, uh, Staircase. So... That's a very strange but mildly funny film and a real novelty that you might want to check out, but with some warning. Uh, Then we've got uh, Janet Gaynor and Charles Farrell in uh, Change of Heart, Uh, Clifton Webb and Ginger Rogers in uh, Dreamboat, and uh, Ginger Rogers and Michael Rennie in Teenage Rebel. That's another fun triple feature. And then lastly, uh, Loretta Young, Celeste Holm, Uh, in Come to the Stable Three Blind Mice with Loretta Young and Joel McRae and uh, Loretta Young again and Tyrone Power and Annabella in a really interesting film called Suez which uh, definitely worth checking out Suez it's maybe one of the Few film directed by Alan Dwan, who did a lot of great kind of yeah. adventure movies. Yeah, uh, really interesting. You know, set obviously against the backdrop of the Suez Canal and all that all that crazy drama. Yeah, that's so. not
1: yeah, I just think it's really funny. So that that film with Celeste Holm and Laurel Young. Yeah, when I was a real little kid, I just yeah. think Celeste Holm and Laurel Young were the same person.
0: Oh, just, that's interesting. You know,
1: they, they, with the eyes and all, and I would see them. They, just, they have a very particular presentation. Yeah, with,
0: I never, I never quite realized. Interesting. That, interesting. that is, so, I'm now. I'm going to be. I'm going to go search photos for the rest of the day. You know, I was. I, I'm sitting here, and I and
1: I and I see that I have. Um, you have a copy of Nas' a DVD a documentary about Nas. Uh, Nas' time is Illmatic. It has been more than twenty years. Just about a little bit more than twenty years since Nas' groundbreaking album, Elmatic came out. That's it was, amazing. It was the record that really changed that the direction of hip-hop. You know? Has it been that long? 20 years. Uh, direction. Uh, 20 years after the release of Nas's landmark debut album, Illmatic. Uh, it's just uh, it's just an extraordinary thing. He's still around, still doing some really, really great music, but uh, he changed the direction of, of hip-hop with that film. Uh, uh, that would probably be a pretty interesting. I'm going to check that out.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: David Duchovny and Minnie Driver in Return to Me. I remember when this movie came out, and, uh, I, you know, I was, I was excited about it at the time. It turned out not to be that great of a film. Directed, though, by the very, very funny Bonnie Hunt.
0: You know, Bonnie... I, I, I first saw Bonnie Hunt when she was doing... When they had a Second City troupe in Second L.A. Second City, yeah, yeah. And she would do these improv bits there. This was before she was on TV or anything. Um, you knew she was going to go somewhere. It, it was it was amazing. She, she would do... And I'm trying to remember how the improv game worked. Because it was amazing. They would... They would clue the audience. She'd go off stage and the audience would come in. And I saw her do this three or four times. And it, and it always amazed me. I always thought there was some trick to it. And the audience would be cued with certain words. And she had to come out and sort of tell a story and guess what words the audience had been given. And they would sort of applause. And the level of applause, it was like a hot, cold thing. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember all the details, but it was amazing you would think she's never going to figure this out. Like, he told us, he it takes place in Nebraska. <laughs> and she would come out and go, you know, there's a place I've always wanted to go. It might be, uh, you know, sort of north-ish, and there'd be a little bit of applause. Or maybe south, more applause, right? It was one of these weird things. Uh- Somehow, damn it, I don't know how, but she just she nailed it she was so sharp and, and made it funny and fun but Bonnie Hunter was,
1: she's, she's always been that sort of like second banana in movies yeah you know The the, the Girlfriend yeah. uh, Sleepless in Seattle I think she's yeah, the, uh, the girl so she's always been that I never really thought of her as, a, as sort of a director type yeah. but she did a really really great job there I see here that you have on Blu-ray yeah, yeah, is, is this the first time that Henry V that's is the first on time that's been on Blu-ray that's extraordinary 1989 uh, of course you know uh, uh, um, uh, Kenneth Branagh's adaptation of, of Henry V, using just about all of the text, if I'm not mistaken. It's really, really a great, it, it, just a this, great film. I, I,
0: I love this most for the, uh, the Patrick Doyle score, which oh, I yeah. think is one of the great all-time scores ever written. It's just, you know, he, made, he spent like no money making this movie. I mean, there's a reason why the English army consists of, you know, four or five guys uh, kind of crammed in the frame and a little bit of sound effects making you feel like there's more of an army because well, they, look, just, they the, didn't have the money. The great Paul Schofield, the great Derek Jacoby, and Ian Holm. Yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? Yeah. You, and, and Christian Bale is in this too, you know. You know, I'd forgotten about that completely. Tiny. He, was, he, had, he had just done um, Empire of the Sun for Spielberg. Uh, yeah. like, like a year or two earlier. Uh, John Malkovich, yeah. And, and he has like just two, one or two scenes in this thing, uh, but it's Christian Bale right there. Yeah, yeah. Early, he...
1: young, early Christian Bale. Yeah, uh, I see that we have a Frank Sinatra film, Edward G. Robinson and Frank Sinatra. I completely forgot about this film.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, hole, a Hole in the Head. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, Eleanor Park, it's a fun movie. I remember this being a lot of fun, a little sort of late... Uh, Nelson Riddle, music by Nelson Riddle, can't go wrong with that, that's for sure. And then, of course, you have we have the wonderful Pork Chop Hill, Gregory Peck, and this extraordinary Lou, Lou Milestone film. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the actually the, the, the art cover on this DVD I, I really really love too is that <laughs> it's old Blu-ray, school blue blue ray yeah old school uh, um, uh, it uh, is uh, uh, cover yeah. art yeah so this thing's just great it's like um, so yeah Gregory Peck and uh, Pork Chop Hill you definitely want to want to check that one out sweet.
0: And uh, also on DVD-R, here's a whole bunch more DVD-R releases from the MGM Limited Edition Collection. Now, this, of course, comes from 20th Century Fox as well. This is uh, part—MGM distributes through Fox. So these uh, are—they obviously have the the 20th Century Fox Cinema archives, and this is the MGM end of that particular uh, production line. These are the MGM Limited Edition Collection. A lot of these have been out previously and went out of print. And thank goodness they're back. Most importantly, The Knack and How to Get It, one of my all-time favorite All films. All-time favorite films. Gosh, yeah. it's so good. Uh, Richard very Le- young Richard Lester. Richard Lester just just basically changing the face of cinema forever. Yeah. I mean, we would not have Wes Anderson if not for Richard yeah, Lester. Yeah, 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 just right? just, yeah. So, I mean, this is just fantastic. Michael Crawford. Michael a very Crawford, young Michael very Crawford. Young, Michael Crawford. Yeah. Re- Rita Tushingham. Always <laughs> loved her <laughs> that's, that's name. So, yes. Isn't it the greatest so it's name? it's incredibly appropriate, too. Mr. Tight Trousers. Mr. Tight, Tight Trousers. Uh, I, I, the, you know, John Barry wrote one of his most beloved scores in this. And uh, you know, this was one of the films that, uh, when I taught that class, that yeah, I brought you yeah. in as a guest, yeah, yeah, yeah. my film history class over there, and, uh, those, those poor college students that had me as a professor. <laughs> um, I showed them this. And I thought, they're going to love this. It's like 60s, and it's mod, and it's cool. And uh, they just looked at it, and then they, they just looked at me like, who, who are you, and why did you show this to us? And I just thought, I'm so old. How do you not understand how cool this is? Film critics don't get old. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also uh, in the uh, MGM Leonard Edition collection, the story of Adele Ash, or Adele H., the uh, Francois Truffaut film about starring Isabelle Ajani as Victor Hugo's daughter. Great movie. Really a great movie. Great performance by Ajani. Incredible, yeah. tragic story. Uh, the absolutely ridiculous uh, Mars Needs Women starring Tommy Kirk and Yvonne Craig the only reason to watch this is because Yvonne Craig is just hot beyond all belief she of course being a Batgirl Batgirl yes but you know That's this, a classic Girl. this is one of those silly stupid teen movies from the 60s but Mars does need women <laughs> uh, Kiss Before Dying is out again which one? The original, Robert, the original, really Robert Wagner and Jeffrey Hunter.
1: Oh, okay, great. Yeah,
0: yeah. Virginia Leith, Joanne Woodward, Mary Astor, great cast, great film. Uh, you know, just uh, that's now out. It, these are all DVDRs. They, you know, you have to custom order them. Clark Gable and Eleanor Parker in the King and Four Queens. Uh, you know, not not great. This is Clark Gable getting a little old in the tooth and and trying to do a bit too much, but it's all right. You know, it's a kind of a above average western to middling western. Wigstock, the movie, uh, which is RuPaul doing what RuPaul does, you know, b- yeah. before before the Project Runway or whatever. No, it's, it's the Drag Race. The, the drag, drag
1: Race. Drag, drag, drag race. I will admit that I did not catch Wigstock. Uh, it's it's just
0: a lot of it's just a lot of drag. <laughs> it is, <laughs> which is
1: not a bad thing in the of itself. No,
0: I you know, uh, speaking of drag, I I am proud to say I was once kissed on the cheek by Varla Jean Merman. At an hour when I could feel the uh, 5 o'clock shadow <laughs> right through the makeup. Thanks, Varla. Thank you, Varla. Uh, Miss Julie, the, uh, film. The, the, the The check of, uh, by, this is Mike Figgis' version of uh, Miss Julie, starring his then, and I guess probably still, girlfriend, Saffron Burroughs. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a good a good adaptation. I'm not usually a Chekhov fan, but this is this is quite good. And not usually what I'd expect of Mike Figgis. By the way, what's he, what's he done lately? Well, you
1: know, I don't know. I mean, you think about leaving Las Vegas and all of those extraordinary one night Stand. Time uh, code, tense, time code. All those extraordinary black and white, yeah, uh, extraordinary films. Then Mike Figgis just sort of went away He's there gone. for a while. I mean, this was an
0: Academy Award uh, level director at making really extraordinary films. Just I so mean, time you? code is. It, it's a little tough to watch because it's an experiment, but that's a really interesting, daring movie. But it's, re-
1: I mean, in, in a season when we're talking about films like Boyhood, you know, yeah. that, this, that sort of 12-year yeah. experiment yeah. that, that he did in Birdman with, in, in Aritu, uh, Time Aritu, Timecode was way, way, way ahead of its time.
0: Yeah, it was. Anyway, this My is biggest. completely different kind of a movie for him. It's a period film. It's, uh, it's Chekhov, but he does a wonderful job with it. Great photography by uh, Benoit Delhomme, one of the great French cinematographers of the last 20 years. Um, let's see what else we got here real quickly I'm going to try to go through these so that we still have a little bit of time on the show uh, The Monster that challenged the World is <laughs> one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life uh, I saw this when I was a kid and I didn't like it then I don't really much care for it now but hey, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll dig it uh, I mean Tim look at the picture tell me that's not the dumbest movie monster you've ever seen Oh, look at that. Wait a minute. That's, I, I think I've seen that monster
1: recycled a few times. And the little girl doesn't even seem to be afraid of him. She seems to, he, he looks like a ride.
0: It's just, it's just nonsense. He's like, like a
1: monster ride at, a, at, at an amusement park. It's just
0: absolutely ridiculous. Um, Ricky and Pete with uh, Stephen Kearney and Nina Landis. Uh, kind of, a, kind of a, you know, uh, one of those cute youth movies from Australia. Uh, that, that's, that's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Pierce Brosnan and Taffin. Oh,
1: I remember that. Do you film. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: young, and he had so much hair. Well, that
1: was the film that made them at first start thinking about him for Bond, uh, but it was actually the film that got him the part.
0: Um, Remington Steele. Remington Steele. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we talked uh, la- either a week or two ago, uh, or a show or two or two ago about The Bride wore black, the uh, Truffaut film coming out on uh, on Blu-ray from Twilight Time. It is now also out uh, on regular DVD from MGM so there's a licensing thing there Twilight Time got the Blu-ray rights and then uh, 20th and MGM are just spitting it out on, uh, on uh, DVD-R which is fine you know, not everybody needs to see it on Blu-ray I guess and uh, let's see, "Warm Summer Rain" with Kelly Lynch. Uh, kind of a little uh, minor indie film that uh, showcases Kelly Lynch very, very nicely. If you're a Kelly Lynch fan, I once interviewed Kelly Lynch. From
1: Top Gun, that Kel- yeah. yeah. Kelly Lynch, yeah.
0: No, uh, Kelly Lynch. That's Kelly, yeah, Kelly Lynch, Kelly McGillis, Kelly, yeah, Kelly, yeah. Kelly Lynch from uh, Drugstore Cowboy. Oh, Drugstore Cowboy, right? yeah, yeah. yeah it She was just a great interview. Just don't know what happened to Kelly Lynch's career. She just kind of went off the map.
1: You know, she's cool. got a lot of stuff in post-production. So there you go, Kelly. Good work.
0: All right. Well, she's out there somewhere. Uh, a, a terrible comedy that I always hated. Uh, Getting even with Dad with Ted yeah. Danson and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I would just assume that movie have never existed, but it's out there on uh, DVD for you. A one of the many stupid King Kong rip-offs. Uh, Conga. That's not. It, 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 that's out. I mean, this is just truly madness. This is. Uh, it's about a, basically a guy in a chimp suit, and it's, it's not a giant. It's not a giant Kong thing, but it's trying for the whole sort of Kong motif, and it's a guy in a chimp suit, and it just looks ridiculous. It's like the. It's like the banana splits, gorilla <laughs> yeah. outfit. Remember that? Yeah, this is the worst. You can actually see the guy's eyes. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, a little movie called "Attention Shoppers," which I had never seen before. You ever heard of this, too? I do Attention not know Shoppers? this film. Who's, who's this Kathy Najimy uh, was in this, and uh, it's 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 some kind of low budget comedy uh, that's not the least bit funny. But it's got a lot of interesting people in it. Luke Perry was in it. Martin Mull shows up in this thing. It's very very kind of uh, you know it's obviously somebody's catalog piece and sitting on the uh, sitting on the shelf somewhere. Uh, Mouse on the Moon which is the sequel to The Mouse That Roared is not quite as funny as Mouse That Roared but it's pretty darn funny Uh, again a Richard Lester film but this is Richard Lester going outside his wheelhouse with uh, great people like Ron Moody who won Best Actor for Oliver and of course the uh, aforementioned Terry Thomas Uh, a lot of fun there Uh, screenplay by Michael Pertwee and then uh, five on the black hand side. Oh yeah, uh, you know this is this is this is really a pretty terrific film, and it's kind of gotten lost in the in the mix. But uh, really, some amazing talent in this film. Uh, that just kind of uh, you know this came from the black exploitation era, but I wouldn't call this sort of a black exploitation fair. Not really a black fair. exploitation film it, so
1: much. Oscar Williams directing that yeah. movie. Yeah, I don't. God, but yeah, look, Jeff, Godfrey Cambridge in this film. It's uh, so it's just one of the one of the a guy who was taken way before his
0: time. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny and just uh, elegant. Even, you yeah. know, and it's a sweet you know, film, Yeah, really, really sweet. So, uh, you know, uh, some really great talent in here, Leonard Jackson, uh, Virginia Capers, uh, and the guy, you know, Derville Martin, who was Glenn, uh,
1: Glenn Ternan's in the film, you can see Glenn Ternan, he's in that Don Cheadle show,
0: Uh House of Lies, he plays Don Cheadle's father in that, oh, whatever, Jeanette I, Dubois, who I just, in uh, this movie. Oh, I just, I just love Jeanette Dubois, good times, I Watched for Jeanette Dubois, basically. Yeah.
1: Hey, Carl Franklin in this movie, because we know Carl Franklin as a director. Yeah. One false move and yeah. many other things. Carl Franklin was an actor. He's in this movie. Could Amazing. Fun movie from back in the fun day. Fun movie. Whatever happened to Derville Martin? He's still around? He, Derville must still be. He directed all those uh, Dolomite films or, uh, uh, for, uh, for Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, and, and a couple other and a, and a couple other things. They weren't great films, but there they were working, yeah, yeah. Uh, making films in the early '70s. All of these subtle black folks, yeah. African Americans, making films. Uh, Rudy Ray Moore
0: owned those Dolomite films. He did on the day he died. Yep. yep, which is which is pretty great. I wonder wonder what what's happened. I, they're, they're not on Blu-ray yet. Oh, really? Well, no. you, you would know. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're not they're not there yet. And so somebody needs to get those things on Blu-ray. I will, never, I will never forget seeing Rudy Ray do, uh, basically, I went to you know see some of his films. He was hosting them live, and he did like 45 minutes of material <laughs> for the audience, going up and down, embarrassing every single person in that audience. It was magnificent. Well, and that then,
1: routine was very blue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was so funny. And then afterwards, he's out there hawking the DVDs and sitting at the table signing them and doing the whole thing. He was a machine. Um, the Aver DuVernay of his time. Indeed, he was. <laughs> I guess we could say that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim, want to knock out, uh, I, tell I, us about some of those I, Warner I, titles. I, I, I'm
1: looking right here at, uh, at Running on Empty, um, the also taking too soon, uh, River Phoenix with uh, Christine Lottie and Judd Hirsch. Uh, you know, th- this, this is a Sidney Lumet film. It's not great Sidney Lumet uh, you know, from back in the day, a late Sidney Lumet film. I, I, so, so yeah. Sidney lived a long time, so it's not even late Sidney
0: Lumet. It's kind of mid-Sidney. kind of the- mid-Sidney
1: <laughs> Lumet because he was around for so long. But, but we do get a young Martha Plimpton here. You get a young River Phoenix Fem- 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 here who, who was really an extraordinary young actor even back then, Yeah, I, I think, and Christine Lottie. So this is a neat little movie. The Man with Two Brains. Oh, my gosh. Look, this was a goofy, goofy movie. I remember seeing it back in the day. But it was Steve Martin, frankly, uh, at his sort of comic silly best. Yeah. We're talking about the jerk, that, yeah. that jerk period. We're talking about the big silly movie period. Uh, and I, I really like this movie quite a lot. Carl Reiner directing this film. Yeah. The great Carl Reiner. You just can't go wrong. Not,
0: not, not his son. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> no, Rob. no this is Carl Reiner uh, yeah. when he was he was doing really some of his best work as a, as a comedy director it's really great and I, I got over here Joe's Apartment
1: I remember this MTV movie back in the early days when MP, MTV had first started making feature yeah. films and with the cock with the talking cockroaches mm-hmm. I remember this film grossed Strange. me out deeply then I'm looking at the I'm looking at it now and it's still grossing me out yeah. uh, Joe's Apartment uh, but you know I imagine it was probably a neat film for its day
0: uh, and rounding out my uh onslaught of d v d rs here are the last of our twentieth century fox cinema archives uh manufacture on demand titles uh all kind of middling. Uh, Jack Oakey is always kind of a fun Jack figgy. Oakey Jack always good for a laugh Alice Faye always good for some musicals and they are together along with Warner Baxter in King of Burlesque we had uh, you know a triple feature that had Warner Baxter Warner ba- earlier yeah. you know, this is just kind of just, a, just Jack Oakey being funny and Alice Faye being cute not really anything else going on there uh, Lloyd's of London is uh, a actually an, an interesting drama about the creation of the insurance and banking company called Lloyd's of London which we still have today they insure most movies in the world at some level yeah. and uh, this is a 1936 film with Henry uh, King yeah with, with Tyrone Power uh, Freddie Bartholomew uh, you know a lot of great people in this uh, and it's kind of a standard Daryl Zanuck production from the day it's a little stodgy a little stiff but certainly interesting uh, James Stewart and Simone, Simone or Simone Simon, however you want to pronounce it, uh, in Seventh Heaven, uh, again, kind of a middling uh, Jimmy Stewart vehicle. He plays a, a sewer worker in Paris, and uh, he's just trying to trying to make his way in the world. And more Henry King there, you know. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Stewart is a sewer worker in Paris. <laughs> Who knew? In 1937, maybe. Not quite what you'd expect from it. Uh, Orchids to you. Uh, kind of a little, a minor film from the day, uh, directed by William Sider, uh with John Bowles, Gene Muir, Charles Butterworth. Nobody that you would necessarily really recognize. But it's uh, it's kind of a kind of a cute little uh, you know meat sweet, meat cute rom com about a flower shop owner and a, and a lawyer, and uh, you know they uh, you know they battle at first because he wants to tear her building down, and of course you know everything turns out much much happier. They find a way. Uh, Rx Murder is uh, an interesting film written and directed by a, a filmmaker named Derek Twist, who isn't really, doesn't really have a, a, a huge uh, profile to this day. But um, that, that was put
1: out as prescription murder yeah Another, but rx murder was must was that the original title i
0: remember I, prescription murder i i believe you know that's a good
1: question yeah late, yeah there it is late fifties yeah derek and twist prescription murder very interesting. interesting that's the same film
0: that's the original title i guess anyway that's from nineteen fifty eight uh, and the idea it's, it's a murder mystery with a, a doctor who moves to this little british town and uh it, it, he he finds out that all the other doctors in the town keep like becoming widowers, like their wives keep getting knocked off, and you're like are the doctors killing their wives? <laughs> so uh, anyway, the the one interesting figure here is Rick Jason, who uh, would go on to be on combat on television and do a lot of really super cool movies like Day of the Wolves, which yeah. is a longtime favorite of mine. So uh, always enjoy a, a little bit of Rick Jason um, and uh, High Tension. Oh, with man. Brian Donlevy Glenda Farrell another cool little uh, kind of romantic comedy adventure movie uh, directed by the aforementioned Alan Dwan who we talked about earlier and the uh, last two here uh, International Settlement is a fantastically cool movie this is a real gem with uh, George Sanders and Dolores Del Rio um, which it takes place in Shanghai. Of course, all shot on a studio lot. They didn't go to Shanghai, and you can tell <laughs> in
1: 1938.
0: It, no, that. it's kind of it's kind of silly. It's sort of sort of funny, but uh, it's about a guy who's a gun runner, and uh, there's a kind of gets involved in this sort of kind of smuggling scheme, this fraud scheme. Anyway, uh, it's, it's uh, sort of uh, uh, convoluted in that uh, uh, Maltese Falcon kind of way where yeah. the machinations of the plot aren't such a big deal. But the backdrop is interesting. That, sort of, that whole sort of Sino-Japanese war yeah. Those backdrops are always so interesting, it, it, right? it's interesting. It's interesting. It's worth a look. And then lastly, It Shouldn't Happen to a Dog. Uh, one of my favorite all-time titles. It Shouldn't Happen to a Dog. It's like, well, what should happen to a dog? <laughs> right? what, what should? Are you going to kick it? What, what? What shouldn't happen to a dog? The story here is about a, uh, an up-and-coming reporter who um, basically b- runs into this racketeering story and uh, he's, he's, been, he's been basically moved to the science beat and somebody else now has his old crime beat. Anyway, and, and you get a really interesting, uh, kind of a really fun little, little caper affair going on. It's, uh, it's kind of a screwball comedy. Not one of the great screwball comedies, but it's, a, it's an interesting idea, interesting twist on the, on the whole concept. You can catch, you can catch, you can catch a really young Harry Morgan. Isn't, isn't he so, It's so funny when you see him young. Yeah. He, Harry Morgan's a guy that you never imagined. Like, no, you only think of him. I like, mean, even you, in MASH. What, MASH is 45 years ago and he was already old. It's like, <laughs> weren't you 80 years old your whole life? Like, weren't you born,
1: born an old man? A fairly young John, John Ireland in that movie, too. Yeah, yeah very yeah. fun.
0: All right, uh, Tim, let's, uh, let's wrap out. With some television, and uh, we've got some really great TV this week. Well, look, the complete
1: series of the Facts of Life, all right? I, I-, I got to tell you, I grew up, I grew up, I didn't grow up, I was an adult. Who am I, who am I kidding? I was already an adult. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to pass myself off here. I was a grown man. I was watching the Facts of Life. I was nuts I- about Tootie. <laughs> I was nuts about Kim. Joe. Pace, Joe, all of that. Yeah. And let us not forget a very young, uh, very highly haired George Clooney.
0: That's uh, wi- right. Was on the
1: Facts of Life. That's
0: right. That's where he man, started, like, and he's so embarrassed about that. Well, he shouldn't be embarrassed about that. I mean, the hair maybe the
1: hair uh, might be a problem, but other than that, he was really great. You got to so start somewhere. In fact, le- leaps it's fu- that.
0: Finally, uh, finally, you know, it's funny too because um, uh, uh, Tootie, whose name I'm, who's, Kim, Kim Fields. Kim Fields. Yeah. Kim Fields actually, uh, when she was in college at Pepperdine University, uh, was a broadcasting major. And I remember I had, uh, you know, Pepperdine's not too far yeah. from, from where I grew up. And, and uh, you, you get on the local cable channel is the Pepperdine broadcast channel. So where all the kids that are like every Tuesday night or whatever, when they're <laughs> testing their news reading chops, they'd sit there in front of the camera. Today, and they read you all this mundane stuff. Today, a surfer <laughs> found his surfboard stolen but recovered it in the adjacent parking lot. You know, it's that kind of crap. It's just, it's just <laughs> silly stuff. But I remember, it, it, it was it's, it's surreal, because I'd been living in France for a bit, and I come home, and I turn the TV on, and I'm like, oh, Pepperdine. Can- Tootie! <laughs> and, and it was just weird. It was just it, its strange. Suddenly, Tootie's on my college channel reading the news, and I, I didn't know what to make uh, of that. That could scar a young man, it actually. It was strange.
1: Uh, the Office. Look, I'm going to admit something uh, to you, Wade, and the millions of people listening to this yes. podcast. Is that I never watched The Office? <laughs> e- no, e- I watched the British, the, uh, the British, oh, the British. series. I yeah. know the British series. I knew, but I, I got really snooty about it. And I love that series. And I thought that I'm too good, I'm too in the know, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too hip and hep uh, to watch this American knockoff. Especially this
0: with series. this this Steve Carell guy, because who's he?
1: You know, the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I'm actually one of the people. So I'm really glad that this is out on DVD. Uh, I can catch up. So we have seasons one through nine of The Office complete
0: series out on DVD. Pretty great. Were you, a, were you a fan? I don't know. Were you a fan? I, you know, I didn't start off as a fan um, because I was, I, I, was, I, was, I was like you. I was like, I'm not going to watch this American rip-off of this. <laughs> but in, in truth, you know, American adaptations of British shows have generally been quite good. Uh, we forget All in the Family was uh, yes. basically took a British show and made it better Steptoe and son became uh, uh, Sanford's son right yeah. exactly and you know Norman lear was a genius at making those those conversions. And Three's Company was Company. an a- adaptation of a British show. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of pioneering work that went before that. So, yeah, I'm, I was being a little snooty, and and I admit it. They made it their own. They really did. Yeah, it is funny. I, I, I will. The, the, Ricky Gervais gave the show his blessing. He was a producer on this. He, he was, likes
1: it. He likes it very much. Although yeah. he will, he will. He says all the time that the nature of the comedy is very different than the nature of the comedy and the show that they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and and we have here Game of thrones to complete fourth season blu-ray on blu-ray came to it a little bit late game of thrones Uh, uh, but i i i'm pretty i'm pretty much caught up i'm certainly through this season right here this is an extraordinary show um look there are there are these these people who are a bit like tolkien fans and you know i get that the hobbit lord of the rings and all that i've got to tell you i think george rr martin's series here is far and away more mature more interesting and more engaging than those Hobbit movies they just are uh, that's just all that, not to mention uh, this show is just a beautifully cast show The Great Charles it is. Dance yeah. is on this show yep and I'm telling you, you haven't seen acting until you've seen Charles Dance act. Charles Dance can be in some of the silly... Charles Dance is in... He's uh, also in The
0: Imitation Game. He's in The Imitation Game. And, and, and that first scene in The Imitation Game with Charles Dance and Benedict Cumberbatch may be one of the best written, best acted single scenes of any movie I've seen this year. It's
1: a, a, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful work. And uh, so, yeah, Game of Thrones a Season 4 on Blu-ray. If you, haven't, if you haven't gotten caught up, get yourself caught up.
0: A lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, really great extras on this, too. I mean, just gobs and gobs and gobs of featurettes and behind-the-scenes stuff and audio commentaries, and they just, they, you know, the, the great thing with Game of Thrones is that they always really, really load this stuff up, because it's, it's like the Lord of the Rings, like you were saying, Lord of the Rings stuff. They mm-hmm. just, they know that their fans don't want to just watch the episode. They want to watch an hour of a show, and then they want to watch, like, 16 hours of extras and not leave the basement. Yeah, they want to see if they can put all that stuff together and make yeah. it all tie together the way yeah. it does. I've got here
1: uh, Downton Abbey Seasons one two three and 4 on Blu-ray song. to get you all
0: caught up which, uh, which I you know I've, I, I'm, I have, I, I'm so late these days because I can't watch it because you know I, I, the, I can't I got, watch it in little, real time I got the little girl like the and it's you know so I, I've got to sort of watch everything late and then sometimes I forget what the. this comes in handy uh, very very, handy. very I'm, handy I'm only through believe it or
1: not season 3 of Downton
0: Abbey I've been not watching yeah. quasi real time oh PBS. man are you in for some amazing so stuff that should be very very interesting <laughs> uh, Ice Cold Gold season 1 is an Animal Planet show. This is out from Cynodime and uh, all these Animal Planet shows, I always kind of roll my eyes a little bit. But I got to tell you, this is this is amazing. This is uh, this is about Greenland, and as most people know, Greenland is covered with ice. That's yeah. that's like the the old joke, right? Iceland is is, green Iceland and, is green and Greenland
1: is Greenland's ice. They were yeah. trying to
0: trick the the the, the Vikings to come to the other place. <laughs> it was yeah, it didn't work, did it? Anyway, uh, the anyway, th- this is basically um, about modern-day prospectors who are looking for gold in Greenland, and it is it, it's it's really a, a kind of astonishing. You you think about prospectors in the nineteenth century, okay? So you know you think you're going to go to California or Nevada and find gold. You know the, the old prospector jokes that they're with your pan in the river and eventually find a few nuggets, and you know it barely pays for the, the spades and the shovels that mm. you use to actually get it. But, you know, we don't necessarily think about those guys making ridiculous sacrifices. These people are insane. Like, wouldn't you think it'd be easier to just, I don't know, just get a 9-to-5 yeah, work for get a, few a job. Years and, you know, invest the money and get a 401k. <laughs> I mean, really? You, you think you're going to go to Greenland and, like, strike the mother load? would yeah, be you, a prospector in Greenland. But it's they're just, these, these guys are just made from... They're just made from different stuff, and I I don't know whether to, to, to say that they're crazy or. But you know what? They got a reality show, which is more than I've got.
1: Well, it's probably paying them more money than the, than, than the mines of of, of Greenland. Yeah. Uh, I've got here uh, Black Sales. This is an this is an interesting pirate series set in 1715. This is actually pretty good. I've actually seen some of these myself. It's it's very dark. But what really sells the series is the production design. They spend an enormous amount of money making this thing look as good as it looks, and it's pretty dark too Game of Thrones lovers would really thoroughly enjoy Black sales. cool that's for sure
0: sweetness for sure, for sure. Uh, Stingray for fans of uh, the old Supermarionation shows love uh, my Jerry Anderson gotta love the Jerry Anderson stuff well Stingray is out again you know the, the Jerry Anderson stuff all originally came out from A&E and A and E doesn't really exist anymore as a as a home video entity. It's all been folded into various other companies and you know, I it, it it all all those licenses expired. So now all the Jerry Anderson stuff has been relicensed and it's being re-released. And uh, so if if you would missed it the first time around and you don't want to go and pay out the nose for something that's out of print, you're in luck. What so, are we looking at? we
1: looking at D V D or Blu-ray there? This
0: is DVD. And uh, not on Blu-ray yet. I don't think they've uh, they've they made those transfers. So this is now from Timeless, who usually releases a lot of uh, Western television, but they're a great nostalgia house, and they're expanding their line and in a beautiful way. And Stingray is great. Uh, I still think Thunderbirds is the uh, the top-notch show. Thunderbirds are go. Thunderbirds is the best, but Stingray is great. Uh, you know, it's uh, it all takes place in this. It's all under the sea. It's kind of like uh, Thunderbirds with submarines. Well, I, I love the, the Supermarionation right? stuff, but my favorite Jerry Anderson was the live-action a UFO guy. Yeah. You know that's- I love the acronyms, right? Yeah. UFO and here it's wasp, the World Aquanaut Security Patrol. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fantastic. Not. Jerry Anderson is like a guy who never grew up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. fantastic stuff.
1: Third season of episodes over here with Matt LeBlanc. Uh, which looks like a, lot, like, like a lot of
0: fun on Showtime. I didn't yeah. see this series. Any good? It, it, it's all right. I mean, he's kind of basically playing himself, doing Joey, or playing Joey, playing himself. I'm not sure which, yeah. but it's cute. Yeah, it's a, you know he's 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 got the persona and he's keeping it going. All right, interesting. And he's, except you know he's grayer now. He's more of a grown up. But yeah, he he's still, still looks great. He's still kind of doing the same shtick, and it's okay. It works. Season one of Dominion on Blu-ray with uh, Ultraviolet HD on it as well. Uh, You know, uh, I'm I'm kind of trying to sort of get on the Dominion bandwagon. This is a sci-fi show, and uh, most of the sci-fi shows kind of strike me as trying too hard. This one is is really not a sci. It's not sci-fi, frankly. This is actually more fantasy than anything else. But it's an interesting concept. And uh, we've had a lot of shows about fallen angel, a lot of movies about fallen angels yeah. fighting devils and demons and whatnot.
1: Supernatural is oh, one of those gosh. shows. Grim is one of those shows. Uh,
0: but this is this is interesting. It takes a whole kind of biblical subplot and turns it into something that's kind of cool and sexy and might even be better for the the WB. But um, the uh, the idea here is that uh, the, you know the archangel Michael and Gabriel. Uh, have are, are part of this you know after the, the war that 's the war in heaven against humanity and it's, it, it gets into this this whole kind of post biblical mythology that's um, that 's spun a little bit confusingly at first but which sort of settles in as the as the season goes along, and uh, you have a, an interesting alternate extended version of the finale on here as well. And uh, it's worth, worth checking out. It's, uh, it's Dominion. So future seasons will be certainly interesting to examine.
1: Well, here I have season three of Continuum. This is a Canadian series. Uh, this is an interesting series. I actually saw one or two of these back in the day. Basically, it's a detective from the future uh, who is trapped in modern-day Vancouver. And I, you know, aside from the fact that that strikes me as funny, being trapped. I mean, <laughs> being trapped in Vancouver, can you really be trapped in Vancouver? It just is in Vancouver. Uh, but Vancouver is a pretty dark place. It, this, is, this, is a decent, this is a decent series that I've seen a few of, but uh, not a whole lot.
0: Uh, this is season three, Continuum. Uh, the Americans continues to be a... a really love that series. Kind of an amazing hit, right? Uh, this is an FX show. And, you know, i I got to say, the thing I really love about FX, and TNT as well is that they understand something that the network's never fully understood, which is they have kind of branded the network. Hmm. So if you say there's this new FX show, before you even tell anybody what the show is or what it's about, they automatically kind of have a thing in their mind. They're like, I know what other FX shows are like. So I already know kind of where we are. I'm 50% there. Hmm. And it's great. And it really is. This is a good show. Uh, the Americans. So this is uh, the complete second season, and uh, we've got a new season that's just started. Just, just
1: started. You know, sometimes I wonder. You and I are from a certain generation of people. We're, let's say we're pre- we're pre uh, Cold War. We're, yeah. we're, we're Cold War kids. Yeah. Uh, we watched that wall come down. So all of these
0: things sort of ring a little bit differently for us than they do for Pete. But it's not James so Bondy. No. It no. doesn't have that James Bond flavor. It has. It's like it feels like a more authentic Cold War to what we grew up with. Yeah. Not, not the movie gloss. Cold War. Yeah, yeah, not the yeah. John le Carré. No, uh, no. Cold War. A yeah. uh, Cold War that might have happened in the real world. Yeah. So that's uh, that is an, that is, continues to be a really really cool show.
1: I don't know this series. Maybe you can tell me about this one way. It's a series called uh, Banshee. This is the second oh, season,
0: Bad Blood.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, season 3 is just come it's just just about to premiere. You know anything about that series? Yeah, we have
0: we've, we've talked about Banshee before. Uh, it, you know, this is uh, it, it continues to be one of these HBO shows that they they somehow know what buttons to push. Um, it's basically. It takes place in a small town, and it's. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say it's Twin Peaks like, because it's not kind of weird and freaky, uh, but it's very much uh, you know, a small town that's filled with no good people.
1: Oh, okay. One yeah,
0: yeah. It's it, it's noir basically. It's uh, you know, it's 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 Fargo esque and and all those things, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, I guess maybe a little bit like Deadwood, except in present day. Oh, interesting. There's interesting. some of that. So, uh, you know what? HBO just, they, they know how to, how to get greenlight these things that would ordinarily not seem to appeal to anybody. And they just hit a nerve. And this is another one of them. So, uh, that's a complete second season. Blu-ray and uh, very nicely done. Banshee, banshee, banshee. And then Arrested Development uh, is back. And people haven't been all that enthralled by the fourth season of this. Uh, this is, of course, uh, no longer on network. Right? This is uh, this is now, uh, the fourth season's moved over to Netflix. Is that how this is going now with the rest of development? Yeah, that's
1: what happened. Uh, they went away. Uh, Netflix came in, saved the day, got the series uh, back on the air. And I don't know, I guess, I, I guess like you say, people are not as fanciful about it as they used to be. Yeah. I, I, I've got here
0: uh, a couple of remakes. Uh, who puts out the series, Wade? I've got... The, uh, the, oh, the Remake Rewind series comes from uh, Mill Creek. Mill Creek. Really interesting stuff. Uh, the End of the Affair and
1: The End of the Affair, yeah, uh, which is really, really lovely. I happen to like both Remake of these Remake Rewind. Uh, uh, Deborah Kerr and Van Johnson, uh, of course, in the 1955 film, and uh, Ralph, Fiennes, Ralph Fiennes and Julianne Moore, and Stephen Ray in that 1999 film, which is just a beautiful, beautifully made movie. Yeah, uh, I I just remember the cinematography in that movie being absolutely extraordinary, and then of course you got DoA and a DoA, um, you know that DoA. The original is Meg, great. The that, original that, is great. That, that one is, with Meg Ryan no, and in and Vince Quaid no. in 1988. Not quite the same so, but but nevertheless, you know, uh, an interesting sort of uh, remake and rewind. When a stranger calls, and mm-hmm. when a stranger calls again, the original is great. Uh, the 1970 uh, 79 There seems film. to be a theme here, Tim. <laughs> they, 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 they just can't seem to get it right the second yeah. time around. Now, Gloria and Gloria. Gina Rollins' Gloria. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, uh, Sharon Stone's Gloria. Yeah. Gina Rollins' Gloria is a fantastic movie. Uh, and I, John I, Cassavetti's. John d- Cassavetti's Directing his movie. wife. Yeah. yeah. Directed his wife with the little Puerto Rican kid. Gangster movie Gloria is a, a mob mall yeah. who goes on the heel and toe with yeah. the little boy. Uh, I, didn't we just give Gina Rollins at the Los Angeles Yes, Critters we did. The Association, car- career Career Achievement Award. Yes, yes, which was a fantastic moment. I believe Angelina yeah. Jolie presented yes. that award to her. I then. wasn't there. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there either. That's why I was asking you. <laughs> I, yeah. Man, we really support the.
0: No, group Mark was Mark. Mark was the only one who was there, <laughs> and uh, he was he was he was texting me during the during the dinner. It was actually, I, I didn't quite feel like I was there. I felt like I was in Mark's head, and it was a very scary place to be. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. But no, Sharon Stone didn't do, a, a didn't do bad, poorly in that remake. No, um, no, no,
1: not, not bad at all, the, the Sharon Stone remake of that yeah. film. And that, believe it or not, was 1999. 1980 yeah. and 1999, Gloria and Gloria.
0: And then I want to wrap out with just mentioning one music title. Uh, you know, I am a big fan of Air Supply. I admit it. Yeah? I
1: admit it. Yeah. I am, I am. The falsetto am, is a uh, wonderful thing. You know
0: what? Air Supply, right out of Australia. They made a lot of Goopy Love songs. And I'm okay with that. Uh, this, this is the uh, Air Supply Live in Hong Kong concert from 2013, where they just crank it up. And all these bands seem to get better. All the bands from the 80s seem to be better now than they were then. They get tighter there.
1: and tighter. And those songs are even, I'm all out of love.
0: Are you kidding me? Uh, it's a great song. It's a fantastic song. It's a song. fantastic song. And uh, you know Hong Kong is always a great place to have a concert because if you don't know, it's there's I think there's a law in Hong Kong that says you can't be a movie star unless you're also a pop star. (laughs) So so pretty much everyone who's a movie star in Hong Kong uh, will for every movie they release, they release two albums and perform five concerts a year. It's crazy. It's weird. Like Andy Lau, who's you know big movie star in Hong Kong. When I was in Hong Kong in 97, I remember turning on the TV and there's Andy Lau wearing like this velvet suit and women draped on him and he's in some amphitheater singing songs really poorly before screaming crowds of women and I thought... You would never see George Clooney doing this. Well, it's sort of a, a Tom version, Cruise, a version of Elvis, I suppose. Only
1: worked the other yeah. way around. Elvis was a pop star. Anyway, and they, they never did really become a pop star. I
0: think there's a, I think there's a law. Anyway, uh, Air Supply is a wonderful concert. Uh, uh, we used to make we used to make fun of Air Supply yes. a little bit, even though we liked their songs. So they all had love in the title, yes. but they're all good songs. Lost in love, making love out of nothing at all, all out of love. They're all good songs. Yeah. And uh, a lot of great tracks None here. None of those
1: people have as much hair now as they did then. Uh, you of course, know, neither
0: do I, so. Uh, and, and, you know, it's the one song. Is it, is it Lost in Love, where, it, where he holds that note that at the note, end? Yeah, that, that falsetto. You, you know, that that really, that, ha- that was in the Guinness Book of World Records at one point for the longest held continuous note in a song, in a recorded I song. I had no idea. That's... It was, yeah. <laughs> and he gets right up there and he just holds it and it just goes and goes and you're just looking at your clock going, what the hell? It's uh, Is it broken? Is and the record? Uh, what's happening here? It, it's not stopping. Uh, it just keeps going. Is Glass is shattering. Dogs are screaming. Coyotes are barking. The, the uh, sun's right? raining. The sun turns to blood. It, just, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, it just keeps going anyway so that, that's a wonderful Blu-ray uh, that is uh, Air Supply live in Hong Kong fantastic Blu-ray with amazing DTS sound just I've said this before on this show the, 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 the DTS can't go wrong DTS lossless it's one reason why I think Blu-ray really is almost a format that excels less with movies than it does with concerts mm. concerts on Blu-ray that DTS audio it just if you've got a full system it just kills it all raw all right, Tim, that wraps our show up. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank Let's you. do it again. Thank you so much for uh, for sitting in Mark. And uh, you will be here again next week with us. Yes, absolutely, While Mark will. continues to suffer, we will make fun of him. And in the meantime, please uh, go ahead and send us emails to gods at digigods.com. Again, gods at digigods.com. And uh, send us Vox boxes as well. We have begun to get new Vox boxes, so we always appreciate that. And uh, as a reminder, please go to funofficepools.com. Go to the group the Digigods, both of them capitalized, and gods, uh, G-O-D-S, also capitalized, but a space only between the and Digigods. The password is Lars von Trier, all one word, all lowercase, and uh, join the uh, join the uh, the Oscar pool. And see if you, can, uh, if you can win it because we're getting some great, great swag. Already have the Frank Darabont Collection as well as Boyhood on Blu-ray and a bunch of great old uh, classic titles from Olive Films all on Blu-ray. Uh, we're getting a really great bunch of swag. So uh, we will see you guys next week.